Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, March 25th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, remember that Onion headline, F everything, we're doing five blades? Well, Samsung says, welcome to the DDR5 era. There's more tech testimony on Capitol Hill today. That Arizona bill that would have regulated the App Store mysteriously disappears. Deliveroo is facing a full-on revolt. And my wife covers the Chrissy Teigen Twitter news. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. The standard was settled on years ago, and some smaller manufacturers have released early products here and there. But everyone was waiting for this to make it official. Samsung has announced 512 gigabyte DDR5 memory chips, still in the verification stage, that deliver over twice the performance of DDR4 at up to 7,200 Mbps for advanced workloads. We are now officially in the DDR5 era, quoting Hot Hardware. As we inch closer to Intel's Alder Lake and AMD's Zen 4 architectures late this year and or early next year, barring any delays, memory makers have started announcing advances in DDR5 memory, which will deliver a big increase in bandwidth. We've even seen some DDR5 module launches. Samsung, however, has managed to separate itself from the pack on announcing what it says is the industry's first 512 gigabyte memory module based on high-K metal gate, or HKMG, process technology. According to Samsung, its 512 gigabyte DDR5 memory module delivers more than twice the performance of DDR4 at up to 7,200 megabits per second. This, the company says, will be beneficial for the most extreme, compute-hungry, and high-bandwidth workloads. The 512 GB capacity comes by way of stacking eight layers of 16 gigabit DRAM chips. There's no mention of cost, though Samsung says it is currently sampling its 512 GB modules to customers for testing and verification, end quote. We've been in the DDR4 era for a long time now. Why are folks excited for this new era? Quoting WePC. DDR5 RAM is set to supersede DDR4 in almost every area. Faster speeds, greater bandwidth, better power efficiency, you name it. DDR5 does it better. Developers are promising some impressive figures for DDR5 and have been quoted as saying the latest RAM modules will have twice the performance of today's DDR4 3200 RAM. The data rate, which for us is one of the better improvements we've seen over DDR4, actually allows for an increase of 1.36x effective bandwidth when comparing DDR4 versus DDR5 at 3200 MHz. If you do the same math against a higher speed DDR5, maybe 4800 MHz, then the results produce almost double what DDR4 has to offer, end quote. And quoting Slash Gear. Smartphones are starting to sport rather insane amounts of memory, up to 16 gigabytes in some places, but that still has nothing over RAM for PCs, servers, and HPCs. Memory in those computers number in the three digits, but are mostly limited to how much RAM chips can actually fit in a module. If you can cram more RAM in a single stick, you can have more memory in the same amount of slots, and Samsung's new 512 gigabyte DDR5 DRAM module definitely breaks the barriers, not just in capacity or speed, but in the the technology used. If you can cram more RAM in a single stick, you can have more memory in the same amount of slots, and Samsung's new 512GB DDR5 module definitely breaks the barriers not just in capacity or speed, but in the technology used. Samsung's new module is not just its first based on the new DDR5 spec, it also claims the title being the first with that high capacity to be made using a high-K metal gate or HKMG process. 
As components get smaller, so does the insulation layer that's supposed to prevent electrical currents from leaking. The solution Samsung found was to replace the usual silicon-based insulator with new metals and materials, which is exactly what HKMG does. The switch to HKMG and lowering current leakage also have other benefits for the 512GB memory. Samsung was able to reduce power consumption by 13%, while also increasing performance to 7200MBS, noted to be twice that of DDR4. These are the very same traits that are sought after in RAM designed for energy-efficient data centers, end quote. Expect it to cost a lot for the foreseeable future and mainly go to power powerful data centers at first, but might we start seeing this in consumer hardware, maybe even smartphones by next year? There is a big tech hearing today in the U.S. House of Representatives, and all of our friends will be there. Zuck, Sundar, Jack. Well, they'll be there virtually, at least. It's going to be focusing on social media and misinformation, so expect a lot of talk of Section 230. I've learned that I can't really cover these congressional hearings same day because they tend to go on forever, so it's best to wait for commentary to bubble up later tonight, I guess. But ahead of the House hearing today, Mark Zuckerberg again called for Section 230 reforms in a way that was very, very specific, quoting Axios. In written testimony ahead of the House hearing Thursday, Zuckerberg suggested making Section 230 protections for certain types of unlawful content conditional on platforms' ability to meet best practices to fight the spread of the content. Quote, platforms should not be held liable if a particular piece of content evades its detection. That would be impractical for platforms with billions of posts per day, but they should be required to have adequate systems in place to address unlawful content, end quote. The detection system would be proportionate to platform size, with practices defined by a third party, end quote. In other words, as long as you at least try, as long as you have some sort of detection system in place, you get to keep your liability shield. You only get sued under this proposal if you do nothing at all. But I said that this was a very specific olive branch on Zuckerberg's part, because well, what have we said before about regulation often being bent to shore up the power of the incumbents? The analogy of pulling the drawbridge up after you've crossed it, quoting Thomas Beckdell on Twitter, quote, Existing platforms will be the only companies who could even do this. If this became law, nobody would ever be able to start anything new that could compete with Facebook, end quote. Sensor Tower says that freemium mobile game Genshin Impact has become the fastest gaming title to reach $1 billion in player spending on the App Store and Google Play worldwide, doing so in just under six months. Quote, Genshin Impact's success is fueled by a substantial investment into the game's live ops, which is consistently implementing new events, features, and characters into the title. The introduction of these, particularly new characters, results in significant spikes in player spending. Hu Tao's introduction saw revenue rise to close to $13 million in a single day on March 2nd, while Zhao's appearance saw player spending hit more than $15 million on February 3rd. For comparison, Jensen Impact has generated $5.8 million a day on average since launch. China ranks as the number one market for spending in the mobile version of Jensen Impact, generating 
$302 million to date, or 29.5% of global player spending via iOS alone. Sensor Tower does not track third-party Android store spending. Japan ranks number two, accumulating $278.3 million, or 27.2%, while the United States ranks number three for revenue, picking up approximately $189 million, or 18.5% of the total. The App Store accounts for the lion's share of global player spending, accumulating $615 million, or 60% of total revenue. Google Play, meanwhile, accounts for $409.4 million, or 40% of player spending. Outside of China, however, Google Play makes up the majority of revenue, with 56.7% of player spending, while the App Store accounts for $313 million, or 43.3%, end quote. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features features help you say the right thing at the right time every time plus you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to constant contacts best in class 97 percent deliverability rate i use this and you should too tackle any challenge with constant contacts expert live customer support plus everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee so get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The Arizona bill that would have regulated the Apple and Google app stores has just disappeared. Funny that, right? Quoting The Verge. The Arizona State Senate was scheduled to vote on an unprecedented and controversial bill Wednesday that would have imposed far-reaching changes on how Apple and Google operate their respective mobile app stores, specifically by allowing alternative in-app payment systems. But the vote never happened. 
having been passed over on the schedule without explanation. The Verge watched every other bill on the schedule be debated and voted on over the Senate's live stream, but Arizona HB 2005, listed first on the agenda, never came up. One notable Apple critic is now accusing the iPhone maker of stepping in to stop the vote, saying the company hired a former chief of staff to Arizona Governor Doug Ducey to broker a deal that prevented the bill from being heard in the Senate and ultimately voted on. This is after the legislation in amendment to the existing HB 2005 law passed the Arizona House of Representatives earlier this month in a landmark 31 to 29 vote. Quote, the big show turned out to be a no-show. The bill was killed in midair while on the agenda with a backroom deal. Apple has hired the governor's former chief of staff, and word is that he brokered a deal to prevent this from even being heard, said Basecamp co-founder David Hennemeyer Hansen, a fierce Apple critic who submitted testimony in support of HB 2005 on Twitter this afternoon. Apple declined to comment, end quote. As Dieter Bone joked on Twitter, pretty weird that this bill ghosted. Then again... An App Store bill getting mysteriously rejected without sufficient explanation is fitting, end quote. I would call this the first notable hiccup in a while. Cloud infrastructure service DigitalOcean did not get a first-day pop on its debut on the public markets yesterday, closing down 10% after pricing shares that valued the company at $4.48 billion dollars. Quoting CNBC, DigitalOcean challenges much bigger companies, including Amazon and Microsoft, in the market to provide computing and storage resources that companies can consume to run their software instead of operating their own data center infrastructure. DigitalOcean has built up a business by keeping its products easy to use. Most of its revenue comes from the use of droplets, which are virtual slices of physical servers. DigitalOcean raised $775 million in the IPO. The company operates 14 data centers of its own in the U.S. and abroad through leases, and the company intends to continue expanding its footprint like its competitors. But unlike its large rivals, DigitalOcean doesn't have billions of dollars that customers have agreed to pay for services they have not used yet. The company had less than $5 million in deferred revenue at the end of 2020, end quote. So we'll have to see if this is a sign of the market finally softening, or maybe it's a one-off case. Maybe it's a hot space for sure, but just a player in a hot space facing structural disadvantages that investors sniffed out. UK delivery giant Deliveroo is looking to do an IPO itself in London next week, but there seem to be some hiccups. Deliveroo is apparently facing a full-on revolt from both investors and its writers, concerned about the way that Deliveroo treats the latter. Quoting Bloomberg, Aberdeen Standard Investments and Aviva Investors, two of the UK's biggest asset managers, said they won't be participating in the IPO. The investors, which manage about £830 billion or $1.1 trillion combined, said they're concerned that the company's treatment of its writers doesn't align with socially responsible investing practices. We're looking to invest in businesses that aren't just profitable but are sustainable. Aberdeen's head of UK equities, Andrew Milligan, said employee rights and engagement are an important part of that, end quote. 
Some writers agree with hundreds of couriers expected to refuse to make deliveries when the startup begins trading next week. The Independent Workers Union of Great Britain is protesting pay and conditions at Deliveroo. President Alex Marshall said by phone, quote, they stand to make billions while the workers have seen pay and conditions get worse, Marshall said. Demands for more benefits and protections for gig workers are gaining traction after a year in which shops and restaurants around the world were shut and the people who deliver food and packages proved vital. Deliveroo has listed this as a key risk to its business ahead of its as much as £1.77 billion IPO set to be the UK's biggest in six months when it starts trading in London on March 31st. A Deliveroo spokesperson said that there has been, quote, strong investor interest in our planned IPO, and we are already backed by some of the most respected global tech investors, end quote. The company called the IWGB a, quote, fringe organization that doesn't represent its 50,000 UK riders. Still, Deliveroo said in its prospectus that, quote, our business would be adversely affected if our writer model or approach to writer status and our operating practices were successfully challenged or if changes in law require us to reclassify our writers as employees, end quote. The company set aside £112 million to cover potential legal costs. Labor groups have already racked up a big win this year. Uber, which runs the competing Uber Eats service, said it will reclassify its 70,000 UK drivers as workers, entitling them to the minimum wage and vacation pay after losing a landmark ruling in the country's Supreme Court last month, end quote. Finally today, when I woke up this morning, my wife asked me if I was going to do the Chrissy Teigen story on the show today, and I was like, what's this now? But lo and behold, here's the story at the top of Tech Meme. And clearly, I had no knowledge of this story. So finally today, someone who is much more qualified than I am to cover this one. Take it away, Lisa. Chrissy Teigen, who had 13.7 million Twitter followers, was once called the unofficial mayor of Twitter by the company, quits the platform after years of harassment. Quoting The Verge, Teigen quit the social media platform Wednesday night. In a series of now-deleted tweets, Tegan said Twitter no longer serves me as positively as it serves me negatively, and I think that's the right time to call something. The model and media personality who is married to singer John Legend was a witty presence on Twitter, and she had 13.7 million followers on the platform, which she joined more than a decade ago. Tegan tweeted about everything from her kids to cooking projects to personal challenges in her life, including a miscarriage she suffered last October. She was famously blocked on Twitter by former President Trump, who was himself banned from the platform in January, and was one of a handful of accounts followed by the official POTUS account when President Biden took office. Twitter even promoted her as the unofficial mayor, doing a behind-the-tweets video segment in 2019 where she gave some backstory about several of her higher-profile tweets. But Tegan, who was also a target of vitriolic abuse and ongoing harassment both on and off of Twitter— Pizzagate conspiracy theorists baselessly claimed Tegan and Legend were a part of a non-existent pedophile ring, supposedly run out of a Washington, D.C. pizzeria. She said she deleted thousands of tweets and blocked more than a million Twitter accounts last July after ongoing harassment by QAnon followers. For years, I have taken so many small, two-follower account punches that at this point, I am honestly deeply bruised, she tweeted last Wednesday. This is a very bad look for Twitter, which, despite all of its efforts to reduce harassment on the platform, was unable to protect a woman of color and arguably one of the best-known personalities from being targeted and harassed. The company declined to comment to The Verge on Thursday, end quote. As Kurt Wagner noted on Twitter, Chrissy Teigen quitting Twitter is a really, really bad reflection on the company's ability to fight abuse. 
She wasn't just some famous person. She was a power user. She was a fan favorite internally. She spoke at Twitter's company-wide retreat in early 2020. This one will sting. End quote. Chrissy didn't deserve this. We love you, Chrissy. Also this morning, I had one of those glitch in the matrix moments. And I swear to God, this is true. You can also ask Lisa to confirm this. Penny had crawled into bed with us at some point last night, and so, as I often do, I started to sing songs to try to wake her up. Whatever song is in my head, I just, you know, replace the lyrics with words to the effect of, hey, get up, it's time to go to school, or something. Since her name is Penny Jane, very often I sing the Beatles' Penny Lane with the lyrics changed to her name, etc., etc. So this morning, for whatever reason, that old commercial jingle from... Big red chewing gum commercials from the 1980s popped into my head and I started singing that. It really is just the quintessential 80s jingle. The tune is just completely 80s. But then after that, as I was getting dressed, I popped on my first podcast of the day. It's Thursday today, so it's Freedom Day for me. And right at the beginning of today's episode, Paul and Lauren and Scott, for whatever reason, started singing old TV commercial jingles. And sure enough, they started singing the Big Red jingle. Literal glitch in the Matrix moment. I haven't thought of that song in maybe 20 years, but as soon as they started singing commercial jingles, I just knew that they were gonna do the Big Red one. I just knew it. And then weirdly in my brain, I was like, of course, made total sense. I could feel the threads of the space-time continuum running forwards and backwards. I felt like the song had been incepted in my head because the universe knew I was going to be reminded of it this morning. It just so happened that it happened in reverse order. I swear to God, I sang the song to Penny before I heard the podcast. I swear all of this is true. And I know it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but when things like this happen to you, doesn't it kind of freak you out just a little bit? Anyway, here you go. Little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than big red. So kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, hold tight a little longer, longer with me. 